The sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky. We wouldn't know cause we're so happy inside. Some people roll a boat or put on some skis. But we would rather sit on down and talk some movies. We're the Avid Endorsement. Come listen to our show. We're the Avid Endorsement. At home or on the go. We're the Avid Endorsement. What is happening? I'm Rob Lundquist. And I'm Bukes. And we are the Avid Endorsement. Hello. Hope you all had a wonderful 2018 and enjoyed whatever you did this New Year's Eve. It is yeah. now 2019. It's crazy. Super crazy. I feel like we're in the future right now, right? We really are. I mean, we're still doing this in 2018, <laughs> but um, do you have any fun New Year's plans? Uh, No, not really. No. <laughs> No, usually I have gigs, but I don't have anything going on. So, no, I don't even have anything planned yet. Well, that's uh, that's what I'm doing. I have a gig down yeah. in Mesa, so that's going to be fun. I have like the last like 5 years in a row, so I'm it's kind of uncharted territory for me. Well, yeah, you have so to we'll find see. something fun. Yeah, maybe I'll fly down to Mesa. Do it. That would be fun. It would be awesome. I well, might. What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I saw was uh we went on Christmas Day. To Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, I'm so jealous. It was really good, dude. How I great was it. Emily Blunt? Uh, she's charming, excellent, wonderful. She's perfect. Everything about her is great. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's in it, of course. Yes. He's also charming and wonderful. But yeah, Emily Blunt like really brought it. <laughs> you would and have it, to. She's following Julie Andrews, who is yeah, amazing. Such co- it, it was great. It was really fun. Uh Mary Poppins wasn't a big part of my childhood. I saw it several times, obviously, but it wasn't like one that I went back and watched all the time. But this was very enchanting, and I I just really liked it. I thought it was really cool. And I thought they did a really good job with uh, making it a sequel and still keeping that charm. Cool. So it wasn't a remake. It's a sequel? No, it's a straight-up sequel, which I was surprised that people didn't know. So it's good that we're going to put this out there. It's It's a legit sequel, so... Don't go in thinking you're going to see all the same stuff because you're not. And the music is different and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's called Mary Poppins Returns. So it is a sequel. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see it. I'm glad to hear that it's good. It was really fun. I liked it. How about you? What have you seen recently? Well, I told you that I saw Braveheart on the bus recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that just happened to be on the tv when i got onto the bus and i got sucked into it like i always do uh but then i remembered that adam rupp he's uh, the beatboxer of home free he told me a while ago that he saw outlaw king um outlaw king is a netflix movie with chris pine and it pretty much takes off at the end of uh, where braveheart ends it starts like the next you know, part in history after oh. that. Um, and so Chris Pine is playing Robert the Bruce. Oh, cool. Who kind of carries on that story. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty good. I mean, wow. it's not as good as Braveheart by any means, but it's still pretty fun. Stephen Delane plays uh, King Edward, uh, and you would recognize him as Stannis Baratheon in Game oh. of Thrones. It was kind of fun seeing him. Stannis the Menace. I have not, uh, I've not seen him do anything else, so that was kind of fun. That's cool. Um, and I, yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was as good as Braveheart. They spent their time focused on 
things that I wouldn't really care about. Uh, the The fight scenes were really fun, sure, which was cool. I felt like they didn't develop a lot of the characters. At one point, one of these guys dies, and Chris Pine is like really upset about it. And I'm like, I just thought that was an extra. Like I'm confused. <laughs> oh, Why no. is he so into it? Oh no, so that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, well, that's probably not a great sign. <laughs> yeah, but but it's still pretty good. It is worth seeing. I enjoyed that story very much. And, sure. Uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is in it. And you would recognize him from a bunch of things. Okay. He was a little over the top for me. Sure. Other than that, it's a good story. They did some cool shots. I have to tell you, they, they should have hired you to do marketing because I'm super interested now that you said it's basically the sequel to Braveheart. That's it is genius. It really is. I, they even, they mention like William Wallace had yeah, just sure. done what he did at the end of Braveheart. Um, and yeah, they, they go on from there. So that's cool. Yeah. It's worth Neat. watching for sure. If you're interested in that story, it is definitely worth watching. And um, you also see Chris's pine, if you know what I mean. Pardon me. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Uh, just give me a minute while I find that immediately. <laughs> Sorry, that's probably way I too loud, but just, I really liked it a lot. I think you broke your computer. <laughs> uh, what are you watching on the Netflix uh, TV streaming? <laughs> I'm broken on the inside. That was great. He way went to, for it, man. Way to hold that back for the pod. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. Um on Netflix recently, I've been uh, still just... Well, it's not Netflix. It's on uh, Prime Video, but yeah. I've still just been cherishing every moment of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, nice. Um, I just downloaded the second season. Oh, yeah. I nice. Haven't, I haven't been able to watch it yet. I'm only like four episodes in, but I really have been uh, like just enjoying them each like a little nougat of greatness. Um, so I've been really parsing them out. That's a nice way to do it. Yeah. It's not something I do with food, so I don't know why I made the <laughs> allusion to a nougat, but uh, it is something I'm doing with this this show. So yeah, I, I've really been enjoying that. How about you? Netflix for you? Netflix for me. I was uh, uh, recommended to me uh, from my mother-in-law, Linda, and then also from one of our patrons, Marsha. Um, they both recommended the Kaminsky Method. Have you seen oh, yeah, this? Oh yeah, I saw you talking about this on the Twitter machine, I think. Oh, was I talking about it? Yes, um... When it was recommended, I mean. Yes. Um, it's it's good. It's really That's good. That's cool. What I is it about? It's, uh, it's a Chuck Lorre show who I normally am not super into. Sure. He did uh, Two and a Half Men. He's currently doing Big Bang Theory. Some yeah. of the biggest shows ever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not super into him. Universal um, appeal, not specific appeal for you? Yeah. Just those sitcoms I have a hard time getting into. Uh, you know, like the laugh track. Laugh tracky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not with you. into it. But this is pretty good. It's got Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin in it. They're the two two leads. Yeah. And they're really fun. Uh, Nancy Travis is in it as well. I've only seen the first episode and I'm already like hooked. Nice. Yeah. So they, they, they did a lot in that first episode and it's only a half hour. Huh. So they had you laughing a bunch. They even had you, I mean, you're going to have a boohoo moment for oh, sure. Well, undoubtedly, it's but real people will too. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I think you're gonna dig it. I'm uh, excited to finish this, and I will. Uh, I will be binging it probably. Very cool. Like well, I do. I'm intrigued by that. I'm gonna have to check that out. What was your favorite meal of this last week? Well, of course, we were over the uh, the Christmas time holiday over this last week. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert: We're recording this after that, and I went home, home, way up north to the tundra, 
and my mom made her delicious chicken noodle soup with dumplings. Ooh. So she does it all from scratch. It's very good and very tasty. And I ate it, like 12 bowls of it. So mm. yeah, it was awesome. So that was my favorite. And then it was followed by Christmas cookies. And yeah, I mean, life is good. All the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Uh, we had Christmas Eve dinner over at my house, and I had the in-laws over, and we've kind of had a tradition now where we do a little surf and turf. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so uh, we rocked out some fillets and these king crab legs. They are crazy. I mean, they were huge. You've never seen crab legs this big. It's like a baby's arm. It's way bigger. It's like <laughs> the biggest baby in the whole world. They're, oh, wow. No, they're really big. I have no, I have no frame of reference for this because I can't eat crab. I don't own a crab. Yeah. You know, there was one scare in college. But other than that, <laughs> never really experienced <laughs> anything like that. Oh, man. So they're huge? They're huge. I mean, it was it was at least twice the size of the plate that I had it on. What? Like, they're huge. Oh, my. Um, so that was really fun. And, and we've been kind of doing that every year. And I look forward to it every year. It's so good. Do you dip them in butter? Uh, what am I, an animal? Of course I'm <laughs> dipping it in butter. It's amazing. Mostly to be silly, but also I don't know how seafood works. I don't you know definitely <laughs> dip it in butter. I've heard people say, oh, I just want to taste it. No, I want to taste it with a bunch no, of butter. I want butter. Yes. You monsters. <laughs> so that was mine. Ripes. Nice. Well, very cool. Very cool. Well, let's do a few plugs here. Uh, we're going to do this right off the top here for you folks. Uh, we want to tell you all about our patreon page yes you can go over to patreon.com slash the avid endorsement and be a part of our fun crew over there for as little as two bucks a month you can start getting perks and you get the episodes early uh there's various picture things you can get there's really some fun stuff we just did our first q a today we did that was really fun it was really fun and we could definitely use more people over there (laughs) so if you guys want come on over to patreon and uh, see what you can give if you got any extra cash after the holidays which i don't but if you do (laughs) come on over and pledge that and hopefully there'll be a bunch more cool content uh special content coming for the patreons in the future and it's been really fun yeah it has been really fun and speaking of our patreon supporters we have a few that pledge more than 30 bucks a month and they get a shout out on our podcast what yes and so i want to give a big shout out to efren diaz mary fox manuel schlemper and marcia griziak we appreciate you very much nice Nice. Yeah, we love you guys. Maybe more than everyone else, but don't tell anyone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But yeah, if you guys want to be a part of that, it'd be super fun. Uh, Really fun crew of people over there. And uh, to be honest, it really helps us financially be able to keep uh, setting aside time to do this and invest in equipment we need and all that. So yeah, but thank you guys so much. And you can also, if you can't afford uh, to do the Patreon thing, we totally get it. You can go visit us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, slash avid endorsman with a z or you can find us on the instagram slash the avid endorsman facebook you, as well facebook as well yep. you can go to www.theavidendorsman.com that's correct and sign up for our mailing list now this mailing list i'm learning is very important because it allows us to really come out and communicate with everyone in fun special ways and we might be able to you know have some like coupons off merch and stuff in the future so make sure you go check that out and sign up for our mailing list and and if you're interested in the aforementioned merch 
You can go to the store. You absolutely can. And uh, one other thing is we would love to see you guys rate and review this podcast. So if you oh, guys yeah. could do that, that would help us out a lot. I love seeing the new reviews uh, that people post. And if you do that, uh, just you know, take a screenshot and tweet it at us and we'll, we'll talk about it on the pod. Yeah, beautiful. Awesome. Well, that's it for all the plugs. Now let's move on to the coming attractions. Coming up soon, you'll be listening to Unbreakable with Bruce Willis. Ooh. Ooh. Isn't that fun? That so was, why are we doing Unbreakable? That was as deep as my voice goes. <laughs> I sound husky when I do that, don't I? Uh, or is that sound... just my frame in general? Um, You <laughs> are lovely. Thank you. No problem, buddy. Uh, we are doing Unbreakable, Rob, because there's a movie coming out directly related to that, and it's called Mr. Glass. I am very excited about it. I am it. too. So if you folks haven't seen it, the short unspoilery version is there's a movie with Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson called Unbreakable. Unbreakable, yep. Uh, I always get it confused with the the movie with the, the war hero. Oh, Unbroken. Unbroken. No wonder I get it confused. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. And I think it's just called Glass. Oh, it's just Glass. Yeah, I mean, he's Mr. Glass, Samuel L. Jackson, but I think it's just called Glass. I have respect for my elders, so I call him Mr. Glass. Anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah, so Glass is coming out uh, the actually the Friday after we released that episode. So make sure to check it out. Uh, It's a super fun movie. I think you'll really like it. And there's some fun surprises. Yes, there are. And if you want extra credit, go check out uh, Split as well. Oh, Split. Yeah. Uh, Because that is also going to be involved with Glass. And if you want a funny story about Split, listen to one of the early podcasts because I think we talk about it. We definitely do. I can rehash that story later. But yeah, so coming attractions. But now that we're done with all the previews, Rob, let's get right to our... Feature attraction, Rob. Boom, I love it. Uh, We decided to watch The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the Coen Brothers flick. Uh, It is on Netflix right now. And uh, this is a six-part Western anthology film. It's a series of tales about the American frontier told through the unique and incomparable voice of Joel and Ethan Coen. Each chapter tells a distinct story about the American West. Nicely done. Yes, thank you. That was great. Yeah. So (laughs) let's head on over to our friends over at Rotten Tomato here and look at the reviews. Uh, So we have a 92% from critics, which is pretty good. Love it. Very good. And then the audience takes a little bit of a dip, but we'll get into why I think that is later. But they dip down to 77%. Still pretty good. Very good. Still certifiably fresh. We can agree. I mean, it's probably really good for Coen Brothers because they're just, they're all over the place. Yeah, they're goofy. Yeah. They're goofy. It's not for everybody. That's for sure. But uh, we have a good review here from our friend Todd McCarthy from The Hollywood Reporter. It's at Todd McCarthy on the Twitter if you want to bother him. But the good review is, despite the snark and irreverence, genre specialists will eat up the devotion to detail here from the relish the Coens take in writing colorful 19th century Western vernacular to the musical choices and the lovely between acts artwork. Thanks, Todd. Way to go, Todd. That was good. Thanks for writing that in such an easy way that I didn't have to do it three times. <laughs> All right. And then we go over to our friends from the New York Post, Mr. Johnny Oleksinski at Johnny OMG. Which OMG. Is, yeah. That's much easier it's than Oleksinski. Way, way easier. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he has a, a, a less charitable view, Okay. I guess. Let's see if I can read this. 
You'd think with viewers' short attention spans and the love of binge-watching, it would be the perfect format for today, but Buster Scruggs is mostly unengaging. Which I don't think is completely unfair, but right. I don't think it's completely fair either. Yeah. There's a there's a happy medium there. I got you. Well, can I read one good one because uh, yeah. it's a little punny? Oh, I love puns. Let's I love do all it. the punny ones. Uh, this one said, it was Al Alexander from the Patriot Ledger said, with the ballad of Buster Scruggs, the Coen brothers sing a different tune, albeit in a minor key. <laughs> ah, but what sweet music. Wow, they really went for it with the the musical puns there. I honestly was looking so hard to see if somebody did something musical because I mean it's called the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, you you gotta be like hit a wrong note with this one, or you know, I was looking for something like yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I smacked the mic. I uh, I smacked the mic quite a bit. I found out. I have also noticed that. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. I was listening to one of our other ones the other night, and the way that it sounded in my headphones, I thought somebody was like behind me, like as it was like <laughs> dunk. It's like whoa. Uh, what is happening? Uh, so um, I apologize for that. I think we should jump right into my overall opinion of the movie. Let's do it. And it's it's an interesting one. I really I enjoyed this movie for what it was. Yes. I thought the cinematography was incredible. Very old school and fun feel to it. You know, with that sort of Western vibe throughout. I really love the music. I think the Coen brothers just pick great music for everything. They do. Well, and it seemed like they had a bunch of, I'm assuming, original stuff that went through it. Yeah, it seemed that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And the dialogue is always so weird and so fun. Bigger than life and it's variant, but it's also has these silences that seem really poignant and real. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I really liked that as well. It's all very complex. Yet the characters that they make are really interesting. They're complex yet accompanied by rich and weird codes of ethics that they all have, which I really like. You know, yeah. they're not they're not sort of that one tone to them. They're all very they're they're not good or bad. They're all in between with their own little nuances. Um, and the movie had really cool individual stories that I would like to learn more about, but together they seemed a little uneven. I think is my overall standpoint. It was. It was weird to me that this was an anthology, and I get that anthologies don't have to have a through line, but it just seemed, I don't know, it seemed off-putting somehow. I thought that maybe it would have been better if they would have been episodes in an anthology rather than in one overall film format. I absolutely get that, and I feel like if it would have been a TV series and it was just, maybe they did two more and they had like an ep- eight-episode series and it was called like American West or something, Yeah, I think people would be losing their minds about how great it was. But because it's a movie, I think it kind of, I think you're right, it doesn't have that through line. The only similarities that it has is that it's set in the American West, really yeah and so i mean i feel you um, i just don't think they would have had to actually change anything yeah to just release it that way right but then again i don't know what all goes into it so mm. it's and it certainly wasn't bad it just seemed no. incongruent or something like like it just didn't it didn't fully hit me in that way so i get it so yeah my overall opinion is i think they're geniuses i think there's absolutely the best parts of the coen brother films that i've loved are also in this, mm-hmm. you know, in new and fun ways. They don't always write the best through line stories anyway. And so <laughs> yeah, this, seemed, a little this seemed extra scatterbrained yeah. and was just a little confusing. And frankly, I found myself feeling it was a little bit long. Yeah. Watching all at once. Yeah. Um, 
which is my own deal. But yeah, so I really liked it, but I don't think it's perfect. And I can definitely understand why there was a dip from critics to, you know, audiences. Sure. I'm, I totally get that. Um, uh, pretty similar with you, uh, kind of like always, um, I personally have missed the Coen brothers so much. So I was so excited to see this, uh, their fellow Minnesotans, which I always love talking about. Um, and they made some of my favorite films. I haven't really loved anything from them for a while though, since really true grit probably. Um, and we can talk more of our favorites later, but I just love how they make films. Like you said, their dialogue is always very interesting and they make big choices. Uh, they always get amazing actors to speak their amazing lines. The cinematography is always on point, especially yeah. in this movie. Um, they went and got Bruno Delbanel. I can't imagine I'm saying that right. No, but, but uh, who's done a bunch of cool stuff, right? Yeah, he's been nominated for Oscars five times and once for a previous Coen Brothers movie for Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they had worked together another time, but um, he just rocked it out on this one. Every story was beautiful, whether it was like a bright sunny day on the canyon or that dark blue gray ominous yeah. ending. Yeah, um, I just I loved how he shot it so much. Um, and I actually personally love how drastically different they are. And I do think it would make sense if they would have made it uh, like a TV series. Sure. Like, I totally get that. But yeah. I enjoyed it. And I think they do have the the way in which they're similar is that they're set in the American West. Every story does deal with human nature and death, though. So there's also that. Totally. But And the last story really ties it all together. Right. At least in my brain. So I get that. And I, I get the critique. I totally yeah. understand it. Um, but that's just how I personally felt. So, I mean, I was still super into it. And it's for sure my favorite thing that they've done in the last 10 years. So I was uh, yeah. I was excited for it Truth. and wasn't let down. So I think it would be kind of cool if we broke down the six stories. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, there are six different stories. It starts off with The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Ooh. Um, and this personally was my favorite. I had so much fun with this. It had Tim Blake Nelson. He starts off. He's Buster Scruggs. Um, he plays a singing gunfighting cowboy. Um, and he like comes in. He's singing on his horse. And it's so great. Just such bravado right away. <laughs> right. Well, and he's he like starts talking. Like he breaks the fourth wall and is talking to the camera. Immediately. And you know that it's just it's not gonna be really serious. This yeah. one's gonna be pretty upbeat and fun which that's some of my favorite coen brothers stuff since they can get so dark yeah but he comes into town he's talking about how men are pretty bad and and he's kind of the top dog and uh he ends up going to a card game and you know the guy is i guess he's not cheating but no he wasn't cheating he he takes over somebody's hand yeah and somebody's like if you see him you play him and so they get into a scuffle, whatever. Yep. Um, he's killing a bunch of people in a funny way. He's singing a bunch while he's <laughs> yes. doing it. Yes. Like, it's totally ridiculous. It's over the top goofy. The songs are hilarious. Um, but I just thought this is like my favorite thing that Tim Blake Nelson has done. I enjoyed the entire scene. I guess, what do you call it? Story. Vignette. Vignette. I think is the technical term. Or, uh, well, it's chapters in the movie. So maybe it's chapter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how they did the, that too. Yeah. I really liked the animation between uh, with the book turning yeah. pages and stuff. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. I liked that and too. And the, and the having the picture with a, a line and a character. 
from the next story right. you know beforehand like yeah. the you see him you play him was the first one we saw and it, right yeah i'm super down with that so, so that's i loved cool. this story and it was i it was definitely the most fun out of the six and that's probably why it's my favorite yes. Um, but I have nothing but good things to say yeah, about this. That one. was my favorite too, actually. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the next one was near Algodonis. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. But this has our friend Mr. DeFranco in it. Yes. And he goes into a bank in the middle of nowhere, which was super fun. This like stark scene of just a tiny building, middle of the desert, says bank on it. And he robs this bank or attempts to. Mm-hmm. And there's some uh, some fight back from the guy. And do you remember the guy's name? I can't remember. Stephen Root. Ste- yeah, Stephen Root, who is amazing so in good. everything ever. So comedy ensues, and he gets knocked out at one point. Wakes up in a noose, being sort of read his last rites by mm-hmm. a crew. Uh, that crew gets attacked by a band of native folk and killed. And they leave him on his horse with his neck in the noose. He gets saved by a guy that he sees rustling cattle and the guy that's rustling cattle's chatting with him. And then immediately they see lawmen coming mm-hmm. and that guy runs away. Turns out this guy's been rustling cattle yeah. <laughs> and stealing. And so DeFranco ends up in a noose again. And that's basically the end of that story. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. Man. And he has a really funny line where he goes, uh, where he goes, uh, first time because one of the dudes in the noose with yeah. him is crying and it's just so funny yeah so the second time that he gets put in the noose it's uh it's like a public hanging and it's him and three other people and yeah the one guy is crying <laughs> he looks over him he's like oh first time because he's already been there that's so great really funny such good comedy um, and ends with him looking out into the into the crowd that's watching the hanging mm-hmm. seeing a very beautiful girl they smile at each other and then he just goes, that's a that's a beautiful girl right there. Mm-hmm. And, then and that's the, the end. Go out. Yeah. That's and it, the end. It was pretty funny, but still pretty dark. Yeah, very dark, mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, it definitely was probably the second funniest one. Probably. Yeah, I would think so. It seems like it gets darker and darker as it time does. goes on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I liked that one. Do you want to talk about the next one? Sure. Well, speaking of darker and darker, the next one is called The Meal Ticket. And this was for sure the darkest one, I thought. Woofda. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson is the main guy in this. And he's a traveling entertainer and goes from town to town showing off a man who has no arms and no legs who recites different famous speeches yeah. and monologues. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the crowds are really big in the beginning. They're all really uh, impressed by this guy. And then uh, each town that they go to, it just kind of dwindles down. And the last town they go to, they're only performing in front of like three people. And you see that the entire town is out uh, watching this chicken that can yeah. do math problems. Beautiful. Um, there's like one through 22 uh, listed up and they would do different uh, math problems and the chicken would have to go and hit a number that was Perfect. the answer. And so then you see Liam Neeson, he buys the chicken. So then it's, you know, this armless, legless guy and a chicken in the back of this trailer. Yeah. You then see Liam Neeson test out throwing a boulder into a river. <laughs> yeah. And you so just bad. see the look of this this guy who has no arms and no legs. And uh, then you cut to the trailer having just a chicken cage in there yeah. with a chicken. Um, it was very dark. This very dark. one made me feel real gross. Yeah. Um, More the, gross than sad. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah. There was... I mean, the, it was sad, but... 
more just like, oh, why do we do this to each other? Yes. Something, I don't know. <laughs> now, this one, again, was beautifully shot, and they had a lot of really cool scenery in there. It, it was really pretty, and it was in the wintertime. And uh, it was also really dark, too. Like, at one point, Liam Neeson goes and has some fun with uh, a, a lady of the night, we'll say. Yes, a lady um, of the night, sure. But, like, he just turns him around so that he can't see him. Yeah. These two never talk to each other, which is really weird. So you only hear this guy speaking when he's doing these amazing speeches and monologues. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, this just, everything about this one made me feel gross. Yep, I'm with you. I thought the speeches were really cool, though. They were really they were well great. executed. Yeah, so. and that actor was great. Yeah. The next one that we had was The All Gold Canyon. And this was a fun one. Uh, I liked it quite a lot. It had Tom Waits in it. Mm -hmm. And he was basically just any old prospector you can think of in your brain. That's exactly what he looked like, you know? If you can think of a guy with a hat that's like, man, we're going to do the thing. Man, I feel like Will Ferrell used to do that all the time on SNL. All the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Super funny. Yeah. And so it's basically just uh, this dude comes in and he finds this beautiful valley uh, that he is. It's just him and his horse. And he goes to this little stream in the valley and he goes, yeah, maybe this is it. And he's talking to himself the whole time and he's panning for gold. And he finds a few specks, goes farther down the river, finds a few specks, and then basically starts digging in the earth next to the river. And he's looking for the pocket, quote unquote. Yeah, Mr. And, uh, and he just he just keeps digging and sort of like systematically getting closer and closer. Finally finds the spot where he thinks it is, you know, that he's kind of went out digs real deep he must have a six foot hole at this point or something like that it's giant six foot in diameter and then probably six feet deep he finally finds mr pocket this giant you know little river of gold Mm -hmm. and he's about to celebrate when he sees a shadow behind him and it's a stranger that knows that he's just found gold because he was screaming about it and shoots him in the back now then the stranger smokes a cigarette while watching him bleed out and when he finally jumps down, we find out he's not dead. He kills the stranger. Man, that scared me so bad. To death. Well, because, I mean, you see, they shot it so cool. Like, yeah. the blood is just going all over his back. You're like, oh, yeah. man. And they kept, they like, cutting back to it to right. show a bigger pool. Yeah, yes. it was beautiful. Really beautiful. And anyway, he kills the stranger. And then he's just freaking out, talking to himself. He's like, the bullet went straight through. Blah, you blah, measly blah. skunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> And he gets his horse and his stuff and cleans himself up. And then it just ends with him walking out of the canyon with his, uh, you know, with Mr. Pocket. Yeah. The big thing in his in his knapsack and, and moves on. I got to tell you, man, when when he got shot, I was just like, man, because after the meal ticket, this went down. I was like, this is just so dark. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I was in, so enjoying watching Tom Waits do this. He comes in, he's singing again. The scenery is gorgeous. Um, it's just fun. You see all this nature there. He's talking to himself, talking to the, the, the mountain is Mr. Pocket. Yes. And yes. I'm just, I was loving it and then get shot in the back. So terrible. Just like, Ugh. But, but I loved how they ended it. I'm so <laughs> glad that it ended up being like a positive yeah. deal. And he goes Agreed. out singing with his mule and, and we don't know what happens, but that's part of the fun yeah. with these sort of Western vignettes. So yeah. 
That was that one. That was uh, the next one was called The Gal Who Got Rattled, which uh, I also liked this story a lot as well, or vignettes. Um, Zoe Kazan plays Miss Longabow. Oh, love and, her. Uh, her and her brother are set to go onto the Oregon Trail to go and start a new life out in yeah. Oregon. During the trip, her brother ends up dying of cholera. Um, and they have this little dog who's really annoying throughout the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she uh, she asks one of the, I don't know what you would call them, like trail riders, the the dudes that are yeah. in the front the and the back. The wagon train leaders or something. I don't know. Yeah. So she asked one of those guys uh, pretty much if they could help her out and get her to Oregon. And, sure. Because the hired hand that they had was... Like, hey, you know, this guy was going to pay me a bunch of money. Now he's dead. She doesn't have any money. Yep. And so she was looking out for uh, for him, see if she could see if he could help her out at all. He ends up becoming smitten and uh, asks her to marry him. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty sweet. And one day uh, she leaves the trail. Uh, you can hear, I think, the dog. What did they, they call him? The president or something? President. Pierce, President Pierce. President Pierce, yes. President Pierce. Yeah, goes out to find this dog, and the other trail rider comes out to find her, and when he goes to find her, uh, there's a group of Native Americans that are coming to ravage them. I don't know what you'd say. And it was pretty nuts. Uh, This trail rider just becomes a complete hero, and it's so much fun to watch. Um, But he looks at her and says, you know, "If, if I don't make it, here's a gun, you do what you need to do because these guys are going to be pretty yeah, bad. It's going to be a bad, bad spot. Yeah. So, um, you know, at, at one point it looks like he gets overtaken, Yeah. Uh, but really he doesn't. And he comes out unscathed. But when he comes back, he sees that she has killed herself, which was tragic. Very tough. Um, and so he doesn't know what he's going to say to this guy who, uh, you know, they just got engaged. Um, and so it was it was pretty tragic. But yeah. the way in which they told the story and how they shot it, I, I was all about. It. Yes, it was dark, but I enjoyed this one a lot. And that was the longest one, I think, too. It was. And it kind of wise. it felt yeah. like it was getting pretty long. I yep. don't know if they needed that much set up in the beginning because they really got into it like he's you know the brother's coughing and you get i don't know it, it felt like it did drag a little bit okay but yeah. i still enjoyed it yeah i thought that one was really fun and then the final uh chapter in this series of vignettes is <laughs> the mortal remains now this was definitely the the creepiest one i think is maybe the best way to say it yeah uh it's very ethereal it's just five people in a stagecoach being driven by a stagecoach rider who we never see his face. It's a very, it's got a very bluish hue mm-hmm. over the whole, you know, how it's shot. The whole coloring of it is that, and it's just basically people talking about their lives and ways that they've come up short. And then we have these two people that announce themselves as being reapers or bounty hunters, mm-hmm. and just some some really weird stories are exchanged. They talk about how, you know, their their job is to distract people, and then one of them, you know, will do the pounding and, and all that stuff, and essentially that's all that happens. There's stories that are told. It's really, there's a two beautiful songs mm-hmm. that are sung, really lovely, but it's very uneasy the whole time. There's... You know, that Coen brother staple. I mean, I'm sure other people do it, but I feel like it's in all their films where it's just like someone is reacting to something and you're just getting a straight on 
like right in their eyeballs shot at yeah. them and these people just have to act and there's nowhere to hide <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. i just i just think that's so impressive the people that they get to do those scenes and mm-hmm. be so real and great i would agree and uh yeah it ends with them coming up to the hotel of the camp that they're staying at and the <laughs> bounty hunters grab the guy that's dead on top of the roof that they're bringing and then invite them in and there's sort of trepidation about when they're gonna go because at this point they've had this weird story being told you know about choices and watching people realize what's happening to them in their eyes and then it ends with them entering the entering the hotel mm-hmm. so yeah and that's the end of the whole thing yeah that's the end of the thing that one uh that one it felt like it went a little over my head when i was first watching it and i uh the rest of the guys in home free had had seen this oh, and cool. nice. i was uh talking to chance about it i was like yeah i think i gotta rewatch that last one because i just felt weird about it and didn't really understand. He was like, well, they're clearly dead. Yeah. And uh, they're on their way to, like, they're in purgatory and they're on their way to the afterlife, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay. Because I, I figured it was something on that lines, but he was like, no, that's absolutely what it is. Um, and it makes way more sense. Yeah. And even to the point where there's a goat and a, a snake on the door of the hotel. Oh, which are old symbols that. for heaven and hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really interesting, and it, I had to think about it for a while. But the story that the that the one bounty hunter tells is all about people being convinced they're going somewhere else, and then watching them realize the truth. And that's exactly what's happening in this situation: is they realize they're going to the afterlife, yeah, and they don't really know what's going to become of it. Sure. Well, that makes after sense. that. Yeah, it it it's neat. I. I was with you when mm-hmm. I first watched it, mm-hmm. but then I sort of read some things and just sat on it for a while. And now I really like it. Yeah. Well, and you know, he, uh, the driver won't stop. They say it's not part yeah. of it. And I mean, yeah, it all makes sense. They never really show the driver. He's very ominous looking yeah. and it's, yeah. And, and they have a cool line that sort of ties the whole thing together in the very, the ballad of Buster Scruggs, they talk about the hand and he doesn't want to play it. And then they talk about you can never play another another man's hand. Yes, they do say that. Because all the choices and stuff that go into it. And, you know, so you can't do that. All you can do is play your own. Sure. And I thought that was really an interesting way to tie it all together. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the last one. The Mortal Remains. Nice. Well, I guess that, yeah, that totally ties the whole thing together then. Yeah. If, if they go from something that was in the first one. and Yep. Well, that's one way they can justify making it a movie. Yeah. Um, and I I agree. I just think it could have been individual episodes, and I might have got more out of it. Sure. And I and honestly, I think I think everybody would just be going completely insane if this was just a TV series rather yeah, than a movie. I do too. Or yeah. you know, just release it on Netflix that way. Sure. I don't know, but you know, they're doing fine. They don't need my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, so that was a recap. Of all those. Uh, what do you think? If you had to list, you know, the sixth favorite to least favorite, what would you do? So I think I would do Ballad of Buster Scruggs first. Agreed. I think I would do The Gal Who Got Rattled second, because I I liked that one a lot. I did too, and I'm with you, you, yes. Nice, okay. The third one I might lose, I picked All Gold. That's what I picked. No, okay. Then I picked, oh, I don't think you're going to pick this one, Meal Ticket. You're right. You did not? I did not. Okay, then I picked Near... Algodones. Okay. And then Mortal Remains I put last. Okay. I I switched it up so that we have the same 
three. Nice. And then I did Nier Algodonis. I liked that fourth. And then I said Mortal Remains. And then I ended with the meal ticket. The meal ticket. Yeah. Yes, it was beautiful and how they did it. But I just, I don't like feeling that way. <laughs> yeah. It made me feel uneasy. And honestly, I was surprised they got Liam Neeson to do that. Like, it, he didn't really do much. He didn't do much. No. And he he's had, so good. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Um, it did showcase the uh, the other actor, though, quite a bit. Oh, so um, good. And I thought his, I, th- I think I honestly picked it because I really loved those monologues yeah. so much. And just the way he could use the same words, but we could see, because they, they go through a bunch of different performances, you know, mm-hmm. as it's going great and then worse and worse and worse. And he's saying the same things, but just by his face and the way he's saying them, you really get exposition of how the whole their whole lives are going. Sure. And it's just, I, I thought it was great. It nice. was super compelling. I don't know why to me, but I loved it. I mean, not enough to put it higher than that. But yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Well, those are our things. So let's talk about the individual acting performances, Rob. Ooh, what was your favorite acting performance, Bukes? The first one that has to be mentioned is Tim Blake Nelson. Yes. For me. Uh, he's just so whimsical and funny and over the top and really, like you said, especially after thinking back on what this series of vignettes is going to be, he's such a moment of levity and just establishing what it's going to be like that I just really enjoyed him overall. Oh, totally. And and up to and including when he takes his hat off to see the shot and all that great it's so great and he's got this like he sings and i i just loved it i thought he was with you man amazing i love how he you know would talk to the camera i thought that was such a cool uh cool way that they shot that and yeah just him singing and i feel like they gave him the uh the best dialogue yeah really like in like you had said earlier i just feel like the way that uh, the way that they write their scripts, it's almost larger than life. It's up, like the dialogue is almost magical, musical. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And yeah, he, there's definitely like a pattern to it, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, he absolutely. just delivers it perfectly. So I'm with you, man. Yeah. So I loved him, and I think he would be who I would pick. But I, my runners up were Zoe Kazan. Yes. I just think she's so great. She was. She was in The Big Sick, which was one of my favorite movies of a couple That's years ago. Where I know yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she okay. was in that. She's great. She was also in this great rom-com with Daniel Radcliffe. I'll look it up while you're talking, but okay. she was in that, and it was awesome. It's okay. for sure worth checking out. Cool. And you can get it on Amazon Prime. You can download it for Ooh. when you're on a flight. So, And my other one was Tom Waits. Yes. I just thought, I thought he killed it. I he thought did. he was great as the prospector. It, it took me a second to realize it was him because mm-hmm. he looks so different. He does. But I just thought he was great. It was just him... And he was, you know, just talking to the world, mm-hmm. but it was really engaging and fun. And I don't know. I thought he did great. I'm with you. I, uh, I It was kind of like Castaway in the sense that he's all by himself and he's got to carry this. You got to yeah. be interested in yeah, yeah. this guy pretty much just digging and, you know, every once in a while going and panning for gold. But you were still totally hooked in there. Um, I agree. I, I loved how, you know, they 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 started off with this beautiful scenery and you see the like an owl and a deer and all this and then you start hearing the singing and he comes up and I'm like okay so he's kind of like disturbing the nature is that what they're going for but then he comes in and he's just looking around he's gonna start digging for gold and I just 
I was so in like yeah. the entire time, and he was amazing, enthralling. I, like I'm he with just, you. yeah, it's so fun to watch. Yeah. Well, if you had to pick one, I was with you with Tim Blake Nelson. Okay. I think yeah. he stole this whole movie, and it's like I like him a lot, and he's been in a lot of other Coen Brothers stuff, and this is my favorite thing I've ever seen him yeah, do. Me too. All right, well, Tim Blake Nelson, we love you. We love you, Tim Great Blake job. Nelson. Uh, just real quick, that Zoe Kazan movie mm-hmm. is uh, What If with Daniel Radcliffe. It's from 2013, so it's kind of old now. Five years, yeah. But it's great. A okay. really great rom-com. Check it out. I loved it a lot, and I've seen it multiple times, which surprises me. Man, nobody. I've never even heard of that. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. Now we like to do th- something called the Tucci Award. Tucci, named after the Stanley Tucci. Uh, this is for the best supporting role. Um, now this one is kind of tough because pretty much everybody's a supporting role. Yeah, this um, was a hard one. <laughs> yeah, so I felt like I couldn't pick like the lead in each vignette, um, and so that's what I did. I ended up picking Stephen Root, who we mentioned earlier. Oh, love Stephen Root. So Stephen Root is in the second vignette. Um, he was the bank teller that James Franco is robbing. And so James Franco comes in. He's like, so have you ever been robbed? And he just starts listing. I was like, well, a couple people attempted. And he goes on and on and on. Just talks and talks. About how he, you know, the he thwarted these guys. And um, it's so great. And then James Franco lifts up his gun. And he looks like he just saw a ghost. Like yeah. he stops talking. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so he was just bragging about how he did this. And he's going to be so scared. But then... He ends up going and, uh, you know, he has these guns that are positioned. He ends up trying to shoot him um, and then he leaves. But the best part about this whole thing is that once James Franco (laughs) tries to make a run for it afterwards, you hear a shot and James Franco hides. And then you see this guy covered in pots and pans <laughs> and he's running after him james franco starts shooting him and you hear a ding and then steven root yells pan shot <laughs> and that happens like three times and i was laughing so hard this was one of my favorite scenes and steven root just stole it for me yeah. so he was my tucci nice nice i think i would have to give my tucci to uh the young orator Harry Melling, yes, uh, who played Dudley Dursley in Harry Potter, which I love Harry Potter. And I would have never, ever recognized him. You know, I was trying to think who he was the whole time. I will admit I hadn't pegged it until I went and looked on IMDb. And I yeah. was like, oh, of course, because he's very skinny. Yeah. And maybe it's just the lack of arms and legs that makes me think that. But, <laughs> but he looked really skinny. No, he looks gaunt. Yeah. Because like he was kind are... of a chubby kid. He was. In the movie. Um, and that was, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. Right. So I don't, I don't blame him, but, uh, yeah, I thought he was really great. He had all these monologues and this storytelling that we've already touched on. It's just really compelling and really beautifully said. He's got a great order voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, I was really captured by him. So I think I would pick him. But shout out to Brandon Gleason, who's always amazing as well. I 100% agree. He, he was right there He sings that me. song, and it's gorgeous. It was. And uh, another shout out to a guy that I love from a movie called Major League. Did you ever watch Major League back uh, in the day? Yes, I've seen Major League a bunch. Did you realize that's who that was? The Chelsea Pelts? Ross? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it, was the first thing I wrote. I was like, oh, dude, they got the dude from Major League yeah, on there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Same, same. And he was really funny in he that. He was. He was in the Mortal Remains yes. uh, chapter, and he was 
really funny in the stagecoach and talking about his companion that he was with but wasn't his wife and they didn't actually talk they talked at each other and it was well they spoke different languages yeah it was really funny but yeah i i would pick well it'd be hard not to pick your guy but in the interest of picking uh separate people i'll pick harry melling as mine well my runner-up was uh john joe o'neill who was also in the mortal remains he was next to brendan gleason he was the other frenchman or whatever his name uh, was no not the frenchman he was great too yeah with the little pencil stash right yes yeah that guy was awesome that guy was really good and i'd never seen him before apparently he's uh pretty big in the theater world yeah um but he's gonna get a bunch of stuff after this he, he was awesome he dude. was great that every actor in that stagecoach scene the mortal remains was fantastic yeah. and uh it really made me think of uh, did you see hateful eight a few years yes. ago yes it's just yes. that being in the stagecoach like absolutely that and, it it definitely brought me back to that, but everybody was so good in this. John Joe O'Neill, I think, uh, I think we're going to see big things from him. Yeah, he was awesome. You're totally right about that. Cool. Well, very cool. Well, we've given away the two cheese. Let's move on to our favorite scene. Ooh. And I have to say that one of my favorite scenes, I think, is it's early on. It's the shootout on Main Street, where <laughs> just the funny repartee between our guy Buster Scruggs and this dude that's fighting him. Uh, he has he's killed this man at the poker game mm-hmm. by like hitting the <laughs> hitting yes. the board and yes. making him shoot himself. So his great. brother comes into the saloon, says, "I need to see you outside." So then Buster goes out there and he's just full of moxie and is just like, <laughs> "Well, do you need a count? Or are you good or whatever?" And he's like, "I don't need a count." And then he shoots shoots his trigger finger off and then he goes, "Well, it's harder to kill him with his other fingers, but." Ah, I better get those two and shoots off all his other fingers as well. And then turns around, uses a mirror and uses his one bullet remaining to shoot him in the heart. So great. It's just great. I just loved everything about it. I'm with you. Cause man. it was so, you know, it's obviously a very graphic scene, but also just so funny yeah. and quintessential Coen brothers to me, just goofy, but also very serious and fun. So I really liked that. Uh, did you have a favorite scene? My, yeah, I mean, I had, uh, I definitely had it from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs as well, and uh, I actually loved that whole card scene sequence, so which was good. so great. And you noticed who he shot, right? No, I don't think I did. Um, he was in the Shawshank Redemption as Captain Hadley. That is oh Clancy my Brown. God. Yes, sir. You're right. Wow. Yep. No, I, I did not. As soon as that. I is he as soon as I heard him say. You know, you seen him, you play him. I yeah, was like, that's, oh! that makes so much it sense in retrospect. No, I never connected that. Yep, it was pretty great. Um, and how about the dancing and the singing scene that's right what after? I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I loved so how great. he then breaks into a whole song oh. about how he just killed this guy. And uh, I think they, his name was Joe. So he made, makes up this whole song about Surly Joe. And it's great. Incredible. Um, I loved it. That was my favorite scene by far. Yeah. Uh, runners up for me where <laughs> when Franco's on the oh, the horse in the noose mm-hmm. and the horse keeps grabbing nibbling yeah. on the grass farther yeah. and farther away and he just keeps getting tighter and tighter that cracked me up for so no good. apparent reason and then uh, the last one that I really loved was the old guy in the gold canyon uh, crawling up to get the eggs from the nest and then seeing the owl that was and great. then he puts the eggs back and he goes uh, I really just liked it for how it tied it together but he goes well, maybe I'll just keep one. I mean, 
how high can a bird count anyway? And we meanwhile, we've already seen this chicken that can count to 25. Yes. <laughs> Earlier in the in the series of vignettes. So I just thought that was really fun playful callback as well it was (laughs) so i'm I'm down did you have any runners up or are we good i probably would just go back to uh the steven root pan shot i mean if i'm honest i just thought that was was, that whole scene was so great i know there's a lot of deeper things to probably choose from from this but i i personally enjoyed that very much no that was incredible and then the the scene where gleason sings i just think is it was so great. great. And he's one of my favorites of and all time. And he's got a very nice voice. It was great. Yeah, I loved how much music they had in this. Yeah. And I loved that pretty much every main character had a song at one point. Yeah. And uh, they were all good. It and kind fun. of like brought brought me back to when singing was entertainment, but not just the best people did it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I, I love that vibe. Mm-hmm. And I, I do. That's the thing I wish. You know, when I'm getting nostalgic for back in the olden times or something, just sitting around the parlor, just singing and, you know, everybody has a song that they know all the lyrics to. So they do it every time, mm-hmm. even if it's not the greatest or sure, whatever. It's like I don't know. Karaoke way back when. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And it's, there's so much pressure to, and maybe it's because we're in the, well, you're in the music the industry. Biz, I'm you are too. Kind of a little bit, Stop. but just the, you want it to be so pristine and perfect all the time. Mm. And it's, it's not that that's not also cool, but there's something beautiful and charming about just doing it just to do it. Love it. So I love that. Uh, yeah, but cool. Yeah. Let's move on to best quotes. Ooh, uh, best quote. my best quote is uh, very short. It's when, uh, James Franco is, uh, he leans over to the guy in the news. He <laughs> says, first time, because he's crying. Um, I just thought that was so funny and so Cohen Brothers. Yeah. I enjoyed it and uh, it was pretty easy to quote. I think if I'm honest, my favorite quote is another one we've already mentioned and it's Pan Shot because oh, that cracks me up. I get it. So hard. I laughed real pan hard. Shot. Um, pan if Shot. I, if I had to get a little deeper, I would go to, uh, <laughs> I would go to Buster Scruggs. He said... There's just got to be a place up ahead where men ain't low down and poker's played fair. If there weren't, what are all the songs about? I'll see you all there, and we can sing together and shake our heads over all the meanness in the used to be. Ugh, so great. So great. I had another one that I liked from him where he said, I'd appreciate it if you deposit your weapon in the receptacle by the swinging doors. You having ignored that rule breaks the rules of this establishment and goes against local norms. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny the way the way he said it is it, i could have quoted all of his uh, dialogue because so it's so good man the cohen brothers i'll i love them they're so great i i just have a couple more runners up for me that i thought were specifically funny one was uh the two bounty hunters in the thing uh brendan gleason and then what john was, joe o'neill is john name. joe o'neill they're talking and he goes he's very good this one and he goes no no he's very good and he said well i can thump <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just thought that was so great. Yeah. And uh, the other one I loved was also in that last one was <laughs> when the trapper's talking about the similarities with people and ferrets. <laughs> yes. We're all the same, people and ferrets. And then someone just screams out, People are not like ferrets. Yeah, yeah. They're not. It's uh, the woman for yeah. sure. She was getting so mad at him. And that was uh, really funny. She was so great. So, yeah. So those were my favorite quotes. But I think. If I had to be honest, I think it would be Pan Shot for and, me. And I like Pan Shot too. Um, but you're right. The James Franco one is great. amazing. I'll Have stick I with first co- time. Now we like to do a segment called Bugs Boohoo Moments. Woo! 
Wait, wait. Um, Bugs cries in every movie, and uh, so I like to take the time to try and figure out which moment he probably shed a tear. Um, I had one, two, three, four in uh, in this movie. Uh, let's see if I am correct. Um, I thought he would have had a boohoo moment in the meal ticket after we see Liam Neeson test out the rock falling into the river and then it ends with the trailer empty besides the chicken. Yes. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough. It's okay. so gross. I'm in. Um in All Gold Canyon when Tom Waits gets shot. I didn't. Okay. Isn't that weird? Um yeah, yeah, because it was you know, you're so you're on this guy's side. Yeah. And then he did all this work. It looked so exhausting. And then just to get shot. No, nope, for dude. some reason I didn't at that one. All right. I thought that might be when I got you on. Okay. You got me. Um, okay. uh, one for two. Okay. Third one in the gal who gets rattled when we see that Zoe Kazan has shot herself. Yes. That was my big one for that sure. Was, that was one of the biggest bummers of the whole deal. It was such a bummer. Everything was finally going to work out. They had made it through this crazy encounter. Yeah. And then she, and then that was so cool how they shot that. And then his, his line of she ought not have done that. Yeah. Was just so sad, but great. And then he was, and then if you read the, it was cool. I would actually like to read the, they show the pages of the book Mm -hmm. and in the very last line on that page, they never say it, but it's on the page that you can just read. And it said, he didn't know what he was going to say to his partner. Yeah. And I was just like, that's yeah, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. But really good so hey two out of three two out of three uh i also picked the brendan gleason song oh yeah yeah sorry three out of four (laughs) no yeah that's a given yeah that was a given yeah he it was so beautiful and her what is her name the lady that was in the mortal uh her name is tyne daly tyne daly that's right she was awesome all five of them and but her she had the eyes on shot Mm -hmm. and it was incredible while he was singing that yeah I loved everything about it. Definitely made me cry. I get it. Did you have any more besides the three here? Okay. So So that was only a a three bagger for me. Three boohoos. I need to document this. Three wah wah wahs. Three wah wah wahs for this movie. It was uh, more disheartening than sad, apparently. I get that. (laughs) Well, why don't we move on to movie trivia? Yeah. So, movie trivia. uh, I didn't have a ton for this one, but the first one that I had was the, the poker hand that Buster Scrugg refuses to play mm-hmm. at the beginning is two pair aces and eights is infamously known as the dead man's hand oh and so that's reportedly the hand that wild bill hickok had before he was shot and killed okay is that why the guy leaves the table do you think because it's known as the dead like that's what i was confused about. yeah that was unclear to me it looked like a pretty good hand <laughs> yeah well it's two pair yeah so probably that is why okay but yeah it is it is called the dead man's hand so that's a fun little piece of trivia. Yeah, it is. I like that. Um, in the segment, The Mortal Remains, uh, Thigpen begins to tell the story of the Midnight Caller. And in True Grit, uh, Maddie asks LaBeouf and Cogburn if they would like to hear a story. And the story's the same name, but it oh. never they never actually get to the story. Which I just thought was kind of a fun little piece of... I like that. You know, they like to interconnect their universes, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. So I just thought that was neat. And my, my third one was just uh, at 132 minutes. This is the longest film directed by the Coen brothers. Really? Yeah, I guess so. Which I, I didn't think it was that long. No. That they never would have went longer. But I guess if you're going to do vignettes, that's probably the longest one. Yeah. To do five of them. Well, so, that is interesting. Yeah. Did you have any trivia? 
Um, just stuff that you had mentioned, um, who Harry, Harry Melling was. I thought that was interesting. I did not know he was Dudley Dursley from, uh, Dursley from the Harry Potter movies. Dursley. Yeah. Dursley. Um, and then, yeah, you had mentioned the, how high can a bird count anyway? I oh, didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't really catch that at the time. I don't know what I was doing, but that is brilliant. Yeah. I just thought that was super fun. Nice. So yeah. Uh, Rob, the question that we sometimes like to ask is, do you think there'll be a sequel? I don't think there'll be a sequel, but I could definitely see them making another anthology movie like this. Yeah, for sure. I think it was rumored that this was supposed to be a TV series, but they have come out and said, no, this was... Yeah, they this said this was the, the plan all along. Right. Um, but as we've mentioned a few times, we think it may have been the way to go, um, at least in critics' eyes. Um, but no, I mean, I doubt that they... I think the story has been told pretty much. Yeah. Um, but they just, they're so good at writing that I could see them doing another movie you know, of filled with just little short stories that come out of their brilliant minds. I feel like we could see the kid that eventually kills Buster Scruggs, the the man in black. Yeah. Yeah. You could see like him go on and tell a story. Cause they, again, one of the pages said he would go on to have a bunch of adventures. So maybe okay. they would touch on that. So maybe a sequel in universe, but not in, I don't think it would actually be a sequel. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could touch on these characters again or an allusion to them in that way. Sure. But yeah, I don't think there'll be a, a, a firm true sequel. I mean, I guess they could go and and follow Liam Neeson around with a chicken. <laughs> maybe he's going to be doing Eventually stuff. we'd see the chicken get its head cut right. off. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, uh, that's it for the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So I think it would be cool if we just list our top five Coen Brothers movies. What do you think? Oh, I like that. Okay. Are we going to do this in order or should we just list them? Let's. And then why don't we pick go, our favorite maybe or something? Why don't we go? You start with five and then I'll do my five and four and Ooh, four, okay, three, okay. three, two, two, okay. one. I got to pick my fifth then. See, now one thing about Coen Brothers movies, and I feel like if you ask me what my favorite Coen Brothers movies are, oh, I got it. uh, you know, two years ago, I would have said something else. Like now I'm going to like, yeah. I feel like it's a different mood. There's not like a definitive, you know, it, there's always a definitive number one for me, but I feel like top five <laughs> kind of gets a little. Yeah. The murky. ebb and flow of it. Yeah. I think my fifth one would be no country for old men. Nice. Yeah. How about you? I like that. Um, I would say Miller's Crossing is my number five. Oh, I've never seen that. Miller's Crossing is awesome. You should go see it soon. Okay. Um, it is one of the best gangster movies out there, and I loved it. Nice. Yeah. Into that. Okay. So, and then I think my f- number four would be True Grit. Nice. True Grit. That was a great remake. I would totally agree with you. It's amazing. I loved that. Jeff Bridges was fun in that. It was fun to see him back in Coen Brothers. Uh, mine would actually be No Country for Old Men. I loved that movie. Nice. I had read that novel. It got me into Cormac McCarthy. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, I just I thought it was beautiful how they shot that movie. Yeah, I really liked that movie. Yeah. It says more about how much I like everything else, not less about that. I get Anything it. that it's my fifth. Uh, my third, I think, would be Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Nice. I'm I'm with you. And people tend to rag on this one a little bit, and I don't get it. It's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I like sure. that movie a lot. Yeah, whenever I see people rank it, it's always like in their like number 15. I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, what was your third? My third is going to be Fargo. Oh, Fargo. Oh, Fargo. Sure. I thought Fargo was amazing. Um, and a lot of people say it's their number one, but yeah. 
it's uh, it's only number three for me. Well, it is my number two. I pick Fargo as my number two. I get it. And I, love I it. picked Oh Brother Where Art Thou for number two. Oh wow, look at us. I know. Swapsies. Another Tim Blake Nelson joint. And uh he's yeah. so fun. I I feel like I quote Oh Brother Where Art Thou all the time. It's me too. I, I love, love that, that movie. movie. Oh, jinx. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what is your number one? My number one is uh I think your number one, it the is. big Lebowski. How can it not be? I it love is, that movie. I'm with you, man. My it's one of my favorite movies ever not just coen brothers movies and i did not like it the first time i saw it i don't think or i didn't love it the first time i saw it maybe yeah, I, is a better way of saying it and i kind of feel like the coen brothers are known for that at least for me like yeah. it takes me a minute to get into them sometimes it makes me excited to watch this one again yeah actually um what? adam chance our buddy he uh, he said this moved up to his top five nice that's cool yeah what would you so i'm gonna throw this out at you right now I'm gonna, what a little curveball uh-oh what's your least favorite Ooh. am i right Ooh. am i right my least favorite coen brothers movie one that i was not into that people love it was just a little dark for me was barton fink I never saw that. Ooh, it is really dark. Yeah, I heard it's tough. And um, I probably heard it from you. <laughs> I I don't know. Like I I should probably check it out again. It's before sure. I got really got into the Coen Brothers. Sure. But I was not into it like everybody else was. And I love John Turturro, and I love John Goodman as well. But it just was. It was pretty pretty brutal for me. Yeah. Another so, oh nope I take it back oh hail Caesar hated hail Caesar oh, you did, yeah it wasn't good but that music the tap dancing thing was fun yeah it just was like what, <laughs> when is this gonna end it seems yeah. all random that one seemed really strange yeah, what's I'm your least you. favorite uh well my least favorite one they've wrote is one that I didn't know they were attached to at all and they just got a writer credit for it but was Unbroken they have oh. a writing credit on Unbroken somehow huh. And I thought that movie, I've read the book and I loved the book. Yeah. And the movie made the coolest story I've ever heard really boring as far as I'm concerned. It just didn't have a lot of charm to it. Okay. Um, Charm is maybe the wrong word for a a POW camp movie, (laughs) but you know what I mean. Um, But if I had to pick one that was like their film, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, I did not love I watched that with you, and I I get that. Um, I did not love it. I I did have to go back and check it out, and I did appreciate it more. But when we watched it, maybe we weren't in the right headspace. Yeah, maybe because we both were like, "What? What is this? This is yeah. dark and bleh." I did. I liked the music in it. I think uh, I forget the actor's name. Oscar what? Isaac. Oscar Isaac. I love him. Yeah. And maybe that was why. Maybe I just came in with the the inflated expectations or something, but. That did not hit for me at all. Yeah. And maybe I should watch it again. You I know, think like you should check said. it out again. I definitely liked it more the second time. Okay. But I think we have, we, we both were kind of ragging on it when we first saw it. And yeah, so yeah. I get what you're <laughs> saying for sure. Yeah. All right. We're all done with the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. We yeah. went through our favorite Coen Brothers movies. Let's end with a movie game. Ooh. And now that it's a new year, why don't we switch it up a little bit? Oh my God, how? Well, we've been doing Last Man Stanton, as you're very well aware. I am. Um, But why don't we try a different movie game? That sounds fun. What do you want to try? Well, there's one called the IMDb game, where you name an actor or actress, and then you list the four movies that pop up on their known for. Oh, yeah, 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 And I think that could be kind of fun. They seem to be very random. Yes. So I don't know that it takes a lot of skill. It's more of just a fun guess. 
Well, I have to say that I'm, if it takes no skill, I'm very interested <laughs> in doing this one. Nice. Well, uh, earlier on Twitter, on the at Avid Indoorsman page. With uh, a Z. With a Z. <laughs> I, uh, I asked some people to throw out some names of actors and actresses. Cool. And uh, I thought it would be fun to ask the people who they want us to talk about. Awesome. Um, why don't we go with Robert Downey Jr. at Porus Kim had tweeted Ooh, at us. Porus Kim. I think she tweeted us one other time and we used her, but is it Porus like like P O O R E S? So I don't oh, know. Okay. Pores probably. I thought it was saying porous, like like, like something yeah. with a lot of pores. <laughs> no. No. Her name is Kim. I was so like, what uh, a strange Kim, name. Thank you for the suggestion. We'll use Robert Downey Jr. You wanna go first? Or you want me to go first? You go first. Robert Downey Jr., I think the number one, I think it's going to be Infinity War. It could be. I'm going to say the original Iron Man. Ooh, I like that. Saucy pick. Okay. And what do we, now let's, together, let's pick what we think the four will be. Sure. I like Iron Man. Yeah. I think the first Avengers might be up there. Okay. What if, if there's a different one that's not all superhero movies? I don't know. Robert Downey Jr. Let's see what you are known for. Number one is the original Iron Man. Oh, look at this guy over here. Boom. Winning games left and right. The number two is Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Number three is you you were right with the Avengers. Oh, just the Avengers. Just the Avengers. And then number four was Iron Man 3. So I was going to, if it was me, I was just going to say Iron Man 1, 2, 3, and then Avengers. Um, But I would not have gotten Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Yeah, that Sherlock Holmes, those were okay, I thought, actually. I enjoyed them very much. I'm surprised they stopped making them. Yeah, me too. Well, they had to they had to make way for Will Ferrell and John C. Riley for. Uh... <laughs> Have you seen that? That's getting panned hard. Oh no, hard. Oh, but I'm still gonna see it. Yeah, me too, and I'm probably gonna like it. And I'll love it. So, okay. Well, that was a fun game. That was kind of fun and quick. I liked that. Yeah. Do we have time for one more of those? Yeah, I think we do. Okay. Uh, why don't we? use uh trisha ramos she's at trisha e ramos she picked patrick swayze oh patrick swayze i like that okay i feel like there's an obvious one but i don't know if that's right you want to go wait did you go first last time no i went first so you should go first okay number one has to be dirty dancing Ooh, i'm gonna go with ghosts Oh, it could be Ghost. Don't you think? Oh, no. Okay, so my order will be Dirty Dancing, Ghost, Point Break, Roadhouse, Point oh. Break. See, I think it's Point Break and then Roadhouse, but... Okay. All right. Let's see. Pull it up, pull it up, pull it up, up, up pull it up, pull it up, pull it up, up, up. Patrick Swayze. He Swayze. is the Swayzeest. R.I.P., bro. Um. Okay, Dirty Dancing number one. I really, I'm winning. I really wish we picked different games that I was winning at. Um, then it's Roadhouse. We were wrong. Son of a gun. But then you were right. You'd pick Point Break third, I think, because I picked it fourth. But oh, they yeah. They picked Ghost fourth. Ghost fourth? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I hate IMDb now. I'm learning. <laughs> uh, sweet. Well, uh, cool. We picked another game that I'm good at. That's fun. That is dumb. <laughs> this is a dumb game. Well, if you guys liked that game... Please hit us up uh, on the old Twitter machine, Definitely. or the Instagram, or on the website, or you know, send Patreon. us send us a snail mail. Go to Patreon 
if you go to Patreon, we'll definitely listen to what you have to say. For surely. For sure. But yeah, hit us up on all those things. Uh, again, the movie we're doing next is we're doing Unbreakable. Unbreakable. So check that out. That'll be coming out the third Thursday of Janvier. And yeah, so check it out. We're going to kind of go back to that uh, every other week format which was always the plan it was but we wanted to drop some goodness for you guys as we figured it out so we're gonna go back to that but uh so stay tuned for that and yeah like we've said before please rate and review us on all your platforms always five stars and leave us a review if you do leave us a review make sure to take a screenshot of it hit us up on twitter at avid indoorsman with a z or on the instagram or facebook slash the avid indoorsman and also make sure to go up to our website www.theavidendorsement.com and sign up for our mailing list as we put some new fun stuff in there for you guys. That's awesome. Well, this was a whole bunch of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I'm Rob Lundquist. And I am Bugs. We'll talk to you guys soon. But until then, enjoy the great indoors. The sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky. We wouldn't know because we're so happy inside. Some people roll a boat or put on some skis. But we would rather sit on down and talk some movies. We're the Avid Indoorsmen. Come listen to our show. We're the Avid Indoorsmen. At home or on the go, we're the Avid Indoorsmen. We hope you love it so. So come on in and stay a while. We'll do our best to make you smile. We're the Avid Indoorsmen.